welcome back to Military Brats Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chloe. And I'm Juliana. Get ready for an inspiring two-part series as we welcome Brandi Wallace, aka my mom, a powerhouse who served in the Marine Corps for eight years, raised five children, and spent over a decade as a Marine Corps spouse. You won't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Hi, welcome in, Brandy. Good morning. So for our new listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe some background? Well, as she said, I'm Chloe's mom, uh, mother of five. Chloe's the oldest, uh, Marine Corps vet, disabled vet, and was a Marine Corps spouse. You're definitely a force to be reckoned with. You kind of did it all. So can you go back in time and share your initial motivation for joining the Marine Corps? I joined because I wanted independence for my twin sister. If I did it, she did it. And so I really was striving for independence. Um, so I, I guess one day I woke up from sleeping and <laughs> I saw a Marine Corps commercial on and I called my sister and asked her if um, I went in the Marine Corps, would she follow me? And she said, hell no. And so I called up the Marine Corps recruiter and five days later, I decked into the Corps after my 18th birthday and left January my senior year. That is literally crazy. I I just can't imagine you're sitting there and you're like, Marine Corps. Like, what about that commercial just got you? It was like <laughs> hooked. Dude, everything. I mean, well, my brother, was, my your uncle, my brother was actually in the Marine Corps. He was in his little over a year and a half at this point. And so I kind of already knew it. And I'm one love a challenge. I'm five foot nothing. I've always been someone that strives for a challenge. I like the hardest of the hard because, well, and, and going back, I remember talking to my parents about it. And my dad's like, oh, you would never, you can't make it through the Marine Corps boot camp. That's the toughest they have. And, and I was like, F you, watch me. And I think that came, even fueled my fire even more because someone telling me I can't do something just irks me and it actually makes me want to try harder but it wasn't easy I mean it it was the hardest of the hard when they say I mean this is before equality and how it is really now today's back then in 2000 it was it was a challenge I mean females they made it harder for females on purpose right they wanted to weed out them they really didn't want us there at that point even though they they had females but it was it was tough boot camp it was mind over matter, and I'm already a strong individual, so they tried to mentally tear you down and build you back up to, to their image. They don't like weakness. They tell you, you know, weakness is just leaving the body. It's, you know, you're military Marine kids. You know that. You probably heard that all the time. Yeah. That That's their motto. But that's kind of how it was. I mean, early days in the Marine Corps, I'm, it wasn't really – I never really struggled with early days in the Marine Corps. Boot camp, it was challenging because I'm, I'm five foot nothing. The pack weighed – 80 pounds, then you put your Kevlar gear on and your helmet, your canteens, you're carrying your, your rifle. It was literally probably, I was carrying more than my body weight. Mm-hmm. And I remember if you can envision little, little five foot me putting on this pack, I remember having someone hold me from the front and someone put the pack on my back just oh. so I wouldn't fall forward. It was so heavy. And then I'm small and you're hiking 10 to 20 miles and you would be running the whole time with a hundred plus pounds on your back, which 
keep that in mind when you talk about injuries. This is where I acquired a lot of my injuries. The wrinkle yes. was from my pack wearing. But I mean, that was probably the hardest was, was that was probably the hardest challenge. But for me was, was, was that everything else? It was kind of smooth sailing. I mean, physical fitness. I was always very fit because I was a cheerleader. Um, so that was, it was easy. I, I actually love the physical aspect of it. the shooting, the knowledge. Did you have any like very memorable moments from boot camp that you would like to share? <laughs> a couple of things. Um, I was the guide, and the only reason I didn't graduate honor guide is because we had a mall, female Marines have a Molly Marine in boot camp. You get to select who you want your Molly Marine to be back then. I don't know if they still do it now. And it was my bestie, bunkmate, Dement. She, this girl I could bout her, this girl ran three miles in like five minutes. She was a long distance runner. This woman ran like no one I'd ever seen. And I gave up being on a guide for the boot camp to her because I was like, I bow to you. No one can do that. And all of us kind of were like, dang, girl, you can. She ran faster than half the men. And we were like, dang. So we gave that to her. But my, I'd say probably my most memorable, scary moment was when I, it probably wasn't boot camp. It was more, I think, the MCT side of it. And when we graduated, then we had to go to MCT. That's where every female also has to be an infantryman, just like every male. So we spent three weeks in infantry training school at Camp Geiger at Camp Lejeune. And I remember this girl, she was trying to get out. I hate, we all hate this girl. She, anytime we got in trouble in boot camp and had to hit the sand flea pit was because of this female. She didn't want to be in the Marine Corps. She, we were playing, we were doing um, grenade, playing with grenades, teaching how to throw grenades. And I was her partner and Instead of because she wanted to kill herself, she decided she was going to throw the pin, drop the grenade in our little bunker thing. So she drops the grenade between me and her and like I grab her and we jump out of the thing. And I remember breaking her nose about two minutes later. Because she just almost killed me and her right along with her. That was probably my most traumatic. That is crazy. You guys are just yeah, practicing and she's just like, yeah. here you go. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like she could have used failure to adapt in the Marine Corps. After boot camp, where was your first duty station? After MCT, um, I was actually quite mad, mind you. I remember going to the office to get my orders and I was supposed to go to Iwakuni, Japan, but they put me with on a subunit and that's when females couldn't be on subs. Like females still had very defined roles in service be in front lines you couldn't be in infantry school you couldn't be in any of these certain these certain roles um now remember the staffs aren't saying oh you have boobs i'm like excuse you like i was like excuse me why are you checking me out and he's like your job you can't be at this unit um so within three hours i went from iokuni japan to barstow california which is in the middle of the desert it's like on the way to like the last big town before las vegas so I was unhappy because I'm from, I was born in California. I wanted to see the world. So I was excited about Iwakuni and then I ended up in California. And is that where you met your first husband, my dad? I met your dad actually at high school. We were in the same class and then we both got the unfortunate luck to end up in Barstow. 
You're the only two out of our class that went to Barstow. That, that's how we came to be. Yeah, because like we became, we were friends because we were, we, we talked a little bit at school, but then since we went to Barstow, it was a real small, small base. Um, I think there was less than 200 Marines on this base. It was really tiny. Um, and we just naturally talked because we knew each other. So we, we had formed a friendship. So that's how it came to be. And then we got married, had you and your brother. And that's about as long as the relationship. <laughs> it ended pretty fast after that. <laughs> we were technically legally married for four years, but we really, I think it was more like three years together. Wow. Our divorce was legally final in uh, 2004. Okay, so let's talk about you in the military now. What was your MOS? Supply Logistics, 3043. So what does that entail? There's two sides of it because there's like, well, there's 3044, but there was 3043. Like, I was a 3043, which I did more of the admin, like, um, consolidated memorandum. We made sure that things were bought for whoever, whatever unit we'd, we'd buy. Um, I did a lot. I mean, depending on my timeline of my eight years in service, I, I did a lot of jobs. Say Barstow, I did more than one role. I was there for supply logistics, but they over sent 3043s and PMO, military police officers, to this base. So we would be the two groups. Like if other units on base didn't have enough people, they would pick people out of our jobs and stick us in different roles. Like for me, when I was in Barstow, I was supply logistics. I ended up in S3, which is where I worked for. Um, physical health, like I had to PT, physically fitness um, Marines that were overweight and had to tape them and make sure they ate. I had to eat with them every single day. I was a rifle instructor, so I actually taught shooting lessons there for a while. Then I was also a lifeguard on base in that three-year, eight-month period. I did all of these jobs. I re-enlisted and went uh, I and I duty, independent duty. In Sacramento, I worked for the recruiting station, Sac uh, Sacramento RS Sacramento, which took care of offices from Wairica all the way down to uh, Visalia. We didn't at that time have any female recruiters, so if we had if we had female police, I had to be there. I had to show them how to do it, make sure they were safe, that they weren't being taken advantage of. So I had usually worked at that office like seven days a week, and and then Pendleton was my last duty station. Um, I worked for combat camera headquarters battalion. So I didn't deploy. Um, but I did all the gear buying and my command knew I was getting my master's in accounting and finance. And so I actually did more comp troller work as well. I actually created the budget for nine different units on Pendleton. Yeah. It sounds like you were just doing everything and anything. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I did a lot. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. That was eight years. Well, you did say it was challenging being a single mother. Were there any unique challenges that stand out to you while being in the Marine Corps? Luckily for me, being female, I mean, it helped a lot that it was, I had really, um, even in Sacramento and then in, in Pendleton, I can't remember much of Barstow. I kind of blocked a lot of that one out. It was so young. Um, my command knew I was single parent. And luckily for me, I had really understanding staff and COs. Um, gunnery sergeants or warrant officers and like when my kids were sick since I was single parent like I could bring them into my office because I was always in an office that had a door 
I had a couch. I, I would put the sick kid on the couch and they'd watch TV, eat lunch, take a nap. And I kind of really did that the most of my time. And it made it really helpful because I was most of my jobs, I was a one man show. I wasn't at work. Things didn't get done. So they kind of accommodated me uh, to help me through that. I I do appreciate having good staff and CEOs that were like, hey, just couch, bring them and you know. And you guys were, if you guys wanted to play around, my command never cared. If you guys were roaming in my uh, warehouses, getting swirly chaired by my my younger I remember that. That's like a vague memory me and Jordan have. I remember there was like always Aww. the same guys that we'd always hang out with and yes. we would just hang out with them. All win, play, like watch so movies. All win oh and uh, Forsyth would spin you all in chairs. You'd go to the, and they'd pull out drafting paper and let you all draw. I feel like that's the one thing though about the military. I mean, for sure, the Marine Corps, even my dad, Steven, he always had like friends that would always hang out with me and Jordan too. I think that was mm-hmm. just a very like common thing. Everyone is just super supportive. It's like a family. It really is like a big family. How did you navigate the balance between military responsibilities and personal life during your time in service? I really didn't have, I mean, I don't say I really had a personal life. Really, I, I worked 10 to 12 hour days. I took care of you, you two. And then I, at the same time I was going, uh, my younger years, I was going for my bachelor's degree and my bachelor's degree was all online. Um, and then I did, I would only sleep two hours a day for my home Marine Corps career. I pretty much only slept like two hours a day because either I was doing my bachelor's or my master's. And that's not including if I had to stand duty where I would have to have a friend because Depended where, like, if I, I, was, I was on duty, sometimes you guys would go to Steven's house, but the majority I would have a friend, depending on different levels of where our relationship was as co-parenting. Um, right. I doubt. So, I mean, it was a struggle, but... It's just sad because I feel like when it, when I look back, it's like that your life was just us. Oh, it's always... It's still... It's still, it's, 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 it's still you. <laughs> it's still me. My kids. That hasn't changed. That does not change. We all, you all both know me. I don't change. I'm all about my kids. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You guys are my world. Yes. I know. And I wouldn't change any of it. I mean, because I was young, but you know. Didn't you just turn 19 when you had me? I got pregnant on the pill. Not once, but twice. So I cried. Not going to lie. I cried. I was so young. Brandy, I had no idea that you were so young. Yeah, and that's a lot of responsibility. Even though I was married, that was a lot of responsibility. And you were in the Marine Corps too. And like mm-hmm. you said, it was a different environment. So let's talk about that a little bit. What was that like, like maternity leave and all of that stuff? The six weeks, yeah. Mm, so much. That's leave. all you got was six, six weeks? Six weeks. And then you had to get back into PT standards relatively quick. And that actually stemmed with a lot of physical uh, stomach surgeries yeah. that I had to have because I had to stick back into my weight standards so fast like they ch- luckily heal. the Marine Corps has changed that process like I wish it was there for me but it wasn't but I'm glad where it is now because yes. and I yeah. think us females having the problems that we did in my years kind of helped pave the path for these women yeah. to get more time to get back into stance because it it takes a toll of having to because your body naturally goes back into itself. Well, when you're forcing it, your body doesn't do it. It just it's not healing properly. You're just like prolonging it's not, it. Didn't heal properly, like at you all. said, and you you paid for that later on in life. Mm-hmm. I did when I had the twins. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so unfortunate. Just six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks is I, nothing. You have, I know you. You barely. You didn't even have your 
two month shots and you were going into CDC to the CDC child care development. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Cause I feel like the first few months, I feel like that's when you really connect with your child. Like you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be with your child. And you really didn't yeah. have that opportunity. Remember the Marine Corps and they're back in the, the, the early 2000s to them, if they wanted you to get married or have kids, they would have given it to you as their man. You know, you know, the military will give you what you want. So that was not their mentality. They don't care. You were a yeah. Marine and that your whole job is to be a Marine. Everything else came second. Yes. Especially for females at that time too. Like the Marine Corps was just so like, ill-prepared I want to say like malicious and kind of cruel yes. to like the females especially so thinking about that did you encounter any instances of like sexism or feel that impact of being in a predominantly male environment uh yeah well my duty station I think at one point when I was in Barstow I was the only female marine at one junction of time I think there might have been a max of me and two others so you have 200 males we'll just go three females and the, like one other female was the same rank as me, but she left pretty abruptly because she, I think she got, I don't know if she changed duty stations or she, I think she was discharged duty stations. And the other one was like a master sergeant, which was your dad's master sergeant female. Then she retired. So she left pretty quick after we got there. I mean, throughout the eight years, I, I'd say Barstow was the first one I did get um, harassed physically. Uh, verbally from a lot of Marines, uh, not my friends, but other ones, I, more like military police ones. Um, because, hey, you, they, you're a female, so they hit on you, and sometimes they take it a little far. Um, but luckily, I had some good male friends that were like, dude, she's just not into you. Because they call you a bitch or slut, you nick part of my mouth. They had all these labels, and I'm like, fine, I'm the bitch. <laughs> I just don't like you. I mean, and it got to the point where I actually, I mean, that's when I think I started getting my roughneck side because I was very calm, but that was when I had to be more forceful and more verbal Mm -hmm. because I I had to get a rougher exterior and not take everything to heart. That's where I kind of learned. I was like, oh, I need to be this type of person to be in this world. Oh my God, that is so crazy. I can't even imagine, but I'm glad you had like those, those friends that had your back because if you're the only woman, I feel like for me, I would feel so like, uncomfortable yeah I, I know a lot of female marines that have been sexually assaulted like luckily for yes. me I hold my own and I you know I pushed back I didn't let it happen or mm-hmm. put myself not just say let it happen because a lot of them don't but I was always very keen since those instances in the beginning where I never put myself in a predicament that led yes. me to right. put myself in that spot to be that way so I I was always hyper aware of my of my mm-hmm. person and plus I had my two kids so I was always very hyper aware I wouldn't go yeah. out at night. Even if I lived in base housing, I wouldn't take trash to my curb. I mean, and I, I knew the people that lived around me, but I never, when I lived off base, like I said, I yeah. never put myself in a predicament where I put myself as, as as a victim. Yeah, in any situation like that, yeah. Looking back, what advice would you give to a young woman considering going into the Marine Corps or the military in general? Do your homework. I mean, like I said, the Marine Corps isn't what it used to be. It's a lot more, I'd say... CC Lala now it's it's not as rough as it is okay so that's your that's your advice just do your research do your due diligence yes I mean I tell all young individuals military shouldn't be your last resort it should be your first choice because you get education you get housing you get school money you get money to go to college so if you don't want to take out student loans go in service you get tuition assistance every year where you can get money that you don't repay back that you can go to school, depending on your MOS, you can go to school and knock out at least your associate's degree 
And then you have when you get out, you have post 9-11 where you we've talked about on your other episodes where you get four years of money to go to a state university in any state in the country. Hello. No student loan debt. Whoa, look at that. I mean, all you owe them is four years of active duty or and four years of reservist time, unless you do two contracts. But and but to me, you learn life skills, you learn a lot of amazing skills, and all the branches have pretty much the same, the same, you know, benefit package. But I mean, you choose a branch that you want. I mean, if someone didn't have a real good home life, you can military life is your your chosen family. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that we've heard a lot from like many of our guests would always say that like the military is very much like a family and you have like very strong bonds with the people that you work with. Yeah, you do. Well, I think that's great advice and I hope that resonates with people listening. Military or not military, join the military, don't join the military, do whatever floats your boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we talk about getting out of the military, you met your second husband, Michael, in the military. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and when you met him? I met dad. Well, it's kind of funny. And I think it's like it's kismet kind of thing because every place I should have went in my Marine Corps career where I I chose a different path or was chosen for me, I should have met Michael somewhere in every duty station. It was really weird. And then I was because instead of going to Pendleton, I actually got the option of of two places. Um, I could have went to Hawaii or I went to Pendleton and I actually chose Pendleton because my ex-husband was there and I wanted the kids to have that Mm -hmm. relationship. So I chose Pendleton. Um, it was probably more than less than six months of me getting to Pendleton. I met Michael. Uh, he was a first Anglo Marine, so he was always training to deploy because that man, all he ever did is train, deploy, train, deploy, train, deploy. That was so that's where we met. He was never met a female Marine, never dated a female Marine, let alone one with kids. He proposed five times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, yeah, five times, but they were one, four of them were the most mouth dropping. And then I remember getting where you wear my pinky ring. And guess what? That That's all I remember. I, I don't remember the four amazing proposals before that because he was working it in his mind. Chloe knows how daddy is. I, I think he, we got engaged. He finally met you two like the next day because I wouldn't let him meet you or Jordan. I was very against him meeting you until I knew he was a permanent fixture. For um, Michael and like meeting the kids, how was that transition? Oh, he loved the kids. I remember Chloe was four and she was going into kindergarten, like her, her kindergarten. She started early because her birthday. He went with me to the, the daycare person's house. And I remember this is like the first day he like he just met her a few hours before. And she's sitting on his lap in, in the daycare lady's house. And she was just. He was just ear to ear smiling. He was just like a little. And then Jordan met him later that day and he gave him a rock. And if everyone knew Jordan, Jordan was a, he only gave a rock to his special people. This past Christmas, um, last, uh, last year, Jordan went into daddy's drawer for something and there was the rock. And Jordan comes out home and is like, is this what I think it is? And daddy's like, yes, it is. And you know, he definitely took that with him on deployments then. That rock was his thing. Every single one. That was, Daddy was Aww. a creature of habit. He carried a picture in his pocket. He had a dog tag from me, and he carried his rock. Oh, that is so <laughs> cute. I feel like that transition with Michael, from my point of view, was super easy. Like, when I look back, I don't remember him not being there. I remember, like, Aww. glimpses in my head of, like, just you, me, and Jordan, because it was always us. 
but then like the transition for Michael it doesn't seem like a big one like I just feel like he popped in one day and it was like we couldn't get rid of him ever since so stuck. <laughs> yeah, we're stuck with him yeah now we're stuck with him would you say military people are more likely to marry other people well to be fair yeah I mean I, case in point I've married not one but two marines I tried dating a non-military person it didn't work well I mean they didn't understand that when I had my kids it was my kids time I, I really segregated my time if they were at Stevens that was when I'd see someone or they didn't understand well duty something that might pop up because in the military world you don't have an eight to five time job. You are yeah. 27. If they say, hey, I need you right now and you're already at home and you just get home, you put your cameras back on and you go back to work. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't understand this. So at the, after the fourth time I dated a non-military person, I was like, no, I'm done. And then lo and behold, I met Michael. Are you sure it wasn't the camis? You know you love your camis. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a desert camis. <laughs> Not the specific desert. <laughs> okay, so we agreed that it's more common to marry people affiliated with the military. Now we want to talk about getting out of the military and transitioning to not civilian life, but now you're a military spouse. So what factors or events led to your decision to leave the military? Like, was this something you wanted? No, it wasn't. Um, um, I remember like this when I was just getting off of a med board because I... Every time I ran around a certain place on base, I would go into like shock pretty much. And that was, um, so I got put on a med board, to, uh, which is a medical board saying if I was me- medically fit to stay in the core and I was found fit, they said, yeah, she's perfectly fine. She just can't run in that specific spot on this base. You can't, you need to give her an alternate area to run her, her three miles. Cause I, six months before I ran my PFT, I almost passed out and, and had to go to medical because I went into shock. Like I was actually scratching myself so badly that I was like, like I had ants all over my person and it just happened to be, I was allergic to three out of the four trees that grew around oh, the lake. You know, that area where they had that Lake O'Neill, I think it was Lake O'Neill yeah, around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right next to the hospital, huh? That's where they used to have the PT course, is, well, it still is, is around that. And so we'd run our, over there. And so they were like, oh, well, she just can't run over there. So, I got off of that. Um, uh, I did get selected for staff sergeant um, in the Marine Corps, but at that time they didn't. At the same time, I didn't know I had um, that there was no boat spaces because in the service, when you reenlist, you have to apply to reenlist. It's not just something you get. You have to apply to reenlist, and headquarters Marine Corps will deem you if you're able to be reenlisted. Well, at that time, I, I submitted my package. But there was no boat spaces, like boat spaces or billets, or there was no spaces. Let's say there's 200 Marines, only there was only 100 spots for reenlistees. So 100 of the Marines would have to get out or change your MOS. So I'm talking with my career planner, and she's like, "Oh, there's no spaces open yet this this time. So you're gonna." Get, I got forced out. Oh wow! Not because I wanted to, and I remember sitting there signing my paper. She comes running in, oh, did you sign your papers yet? And I'm like, yeah, I just did. And I was mad because we've been at this for like a month mm-hmm. that I found out I could have lap moved into contract and purchasing, which is basically someone that does military procurement contracts. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I was I was so angry at this woman because I just signed my paperwork. I could have lap moved if I knew that about a half an hour before. Oh, wow. So I was upset. So I got out 
and they gave you severance package. So they did give you money. They give you a little severance package to help you in the, the transition. That's still and awful, this though. Point, it was. It really sucked. Um, so at this point, like, before that, like, I... And before I signed papers, like I already knew it was coming down the pipe because it's not just something you find out tomorrow, you know, like a couple months in advance Mm -hmm. and all this, like I knew it was coming. So I was already applying. And at this time, I almost have my master's in accounting and finance. So it wasn't like I wasn't prepared during my transition in November uh, leading up to that. I already had a job with DOD's defense contract audit agency. So I had a job already lined up prior to getting out of service. So I wasn't about finding a job mm-hmm. some right. people don't have that lecture that they weren't prepared yeah. and they just well, no education nothing to fall back on well let's go back a little bit you did say earlier that you did have some injuries related to the military can you explain those once you got out i say i didn't know i had them until after said facts like for me i had hip uh stress fractures in my hips which was due to your hundred pound pack mm. back then and for females, we'll backpedal a little bit. Female Marines, most females in boot camp, because you drop, if you drop any type of body weight, you stop having your period. So, and back in 2000, they didn't realize when you stopped having your period that your bone density as a female depletes because mm-hmm. your period helps with your hormones and your bone density. So now I think they make them take pills and, and stuff because every female I went through boot camp, all of us within, when you drop about, you know, even a, point tenth of body fat you stop having your so at that point like I didn't know any of that so at boot camp like I would just have pain on both sides of my on my hips so I had hip fractures in my hips Mm -hmm. I didn't know in boot camp uh, in boot camp that well I did I tore the cartilage in my knee because I fell in a hole during our crucible which was covered with leaves. So I kind of stepped right in it and over I went because, you know, pack was heavy. Mm-hmm. So I had a second degree. Well, I had a halfway torn cartilage and a second degree sprain in my ankle and my knee through boot camp um, and had to run on it, hike on it, do all of that because I wasn't going to get medically put into the medical platoon where I had to go back and redo training. I wasn't about that. So I worked through injuries, which a lot of military people do. They don't want to get recycled. So they work through the pain just mm-hmm. to get out of that situation. And and also, I uh, fractured both my feet, my toes across my whole foot. Oh my I didn't know this until about year six um, that I had a, a fracture that went across my whole foot. And then I had to have surgery where they removed my toe, reset my toe, and I have a pin that goes in between my big toe and then one across oh all my of my feet in both my feet. Yeah. And then in boot camp, I had four stress fractures in knee high, uh, right above your boot. I had four fractures on both my shins. Like I said, bone density. Oh my gosh, that's awful. That just shows like that the military was not, is not a system built for like females. Like, Well, they weren't at the time. I mean, because remember, we're in boot camp. It's the hardest so hard. You just worked through it. I acquired migraines while I was in service. And I say chronic because I get a good... 25 migraines out of 30 a month, which really sucks. Uh, I had to have sinus surgery due to all the stuff I was exposed to. I had to have uh, 29 holes drilled through my face in my sinuses and some of my sinuses removed during my active duty time. So I reset. Oh my gosh. So was it a hard transition going from service member to a military spouse? 
A little. I mean, I'm not much like with most females. I mean, emotionally, I didn't have any issues. I mean, I think when we talk about going back to the from when you know you have that family support in the military, and then now I work at defense and I defense contract, you know, DCAA, and that was down in Balboa. So this is like I'm having to commute like an hour and a half. So I, Michael was deployed. Like I started them. Let's say what January I started there. Michael deployed in February, so I'm now transitioned just out of the. Just, I mean, I'm not even what two months out of Marine Corps, where he's deployed. I have to drop off two kids mm-hmm. at school, drive an hour and a half, come back, pick you guys up at school, take you home, do homework, and get you all squared away. I mean, it, it, that was my struggle: is that how much do I tell my person? How much do I tell my you know my coworkers? About hey, my kids are sick. I'm, you know, because right. mm-hmm. there was no support structure. I mean, there was Stephen, but I really couldn't rely on Stephen, and I'm not going to go into the depths of not being reliable. He just, he wasn't a factor mm-hmm. that at that point. No, that totally makes sense. Not having that same support. So I don't know how you did it, but you did. It was a struggle. I know it was a struggle. I mean, but you adapt and overcome is the Marine Corps motto. So you adapt and you you just get. A routine. Well, we're still on this topic. My other thing is like the military is so structured. You're told what to do. I mean, obviously you're you've been in for eight years, but you still are told what to do. You still report to somebody. You have all these like things you have to follow. Well, that's always been my mentality. I I, I thrive with structure. Um, and raising five kids, you have to have structure. Um, in service, I mean, my boss, like I really didn't have much oversight, like, cause I'm such a good worker. I never get micromanaged as, as an employee. I never have, even when I was in service. Um, but see where I worked there, I only had to drive in at some point after I met my supervisor two days a week. Like I would actually physically be at my office one day a week. You got, you got lucky with a job that was pretty like still kind of relaxed. Yeah. So that was a nice, I was, and that was a good benefit because most military wives don't get that luxury of being able to transfer your work from one duty station mm-hmm. to the next. So that was nice. Obviously we'll talk about this later, but I think the transition wasn't that hard because you were still in military life. I think the transition to, the, to being a civilian for you and the family was way harder, but we'll talk about that the next episode. So I think that wraps up part one. So everyone stay tuned for a part two. As always, we hope you liked today's episode. Make sure you follow us on all podcast platforms. And if you have any topics, suggestions, or questions, DM us on Instagram at Military Brats Podcast with your inquiries. Thank you so much. See you next Wednesday. Bye. Thank you. Bye.